Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Football.com and the DLF family of podcasts. It's me, it's me, it's at OLSFD, roaming the streets of Superflex City, and this is a Superflex Super Show. Super friends, what is up on another Superflex Super Friday night? Man, oh man, is there some stuff to talk about. So here's the thing, I, my, my plan was to do these every other Friday uh for a while just so it gives us plenty of time um to get caught up and and reload on some on some superflex questions for these ask me anything sessions on superflex super friday nights it, you know the the goal was to because you know every single week i'm answer every single question i get uh last week last time that we did this i even asked you know had somebody ask if they farted I was like, I have no way of knowing that, but I still answered, you know, so that's the goal. <laughs> I mean, it took us two hours last time, but we, but I answered every single question that we got and that's, that's the way I want to do these things. And so the thought was, all right, so two hours, we burned through all of them. Now let's wait a couple weeks and, uh, let the questions build up a little bit and, uh, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, after after one week, we've got a little bit of combine stuff that we could talk about. And then this week happens and it's just uh, I mean, I don't know if two two hours is going to be enough time. Number one and number two, I kind of think that we're going to be back here next Friday. Just my guess. Uh, we got the legal tampering period uh, starts on Monday and then later on in the week, free agency starts in earnest. So. I won't say that I think it's going to be quite as eventful as uh, this week has been, but it should be on par. But for the moment, I mean, we can talk combine stuff. We can talk rookies. We can talk about Aaron Rodgers has a new deal and what that means for him and for other uh, Packers players. Obviously, we can talk about uh, the news from today, Deshaun Watson will not be indicted on criminal charges still he's being deposed right now for uh civil charges but that's going to start moving fast and we could see him on a team uh, a new team before too long uh, we also you know we had a, a trade between the, the seahawks and my broncos i always anytime we talk about the denver broncos i feel like i have to preface it by saying 
that's my team right there. So, you know, like filter this information, filter this, uh, this opinion, however you feel necessary. Um, I, I really try not to let my, uh, my fandom seep into my analysis. And I feel like I do a pretty good job of that, but I still just feel like I have to be upfront about that and just say, yeah, that's, that's my team. So, um, you know, just uh, if, if you feel like I'm, uh, I'm going a little too far in either direction, sometimes I'm too hard on the Broncos actually. But, uh, if you feel like I'm going too far in either direction, um, you can definitely, uh, kind of filter it based off of that. Boy, we can definitely talk about that. Uh, Mike Williams gets a new contract. Um, man, what else do we got? I mean, I don't, I don't think we need to talk about Sterling Shepard, do we? It's, it's cool that he's back with the Giants. End of story. <laughs> That's all I've got to say there. Um, and then, of course, above all else, March for uh, at DynastyLeagueFootball.com, we've determined, we've deemed it, uh, dynasty trades month. So my goal was to talk about trades. My goal was to talk about dynasty trades. We can, we can talk strategy. We can talk player values. Uh, we can talk. I mean, if you've got actual offers either that you're thinking about sending out and you're kind of second guessing it or that you've got in your inbox and you can't decide what to do, we can, we can go over those as well. So yeah, lots lots to talk about. As always, this is your show, though. This is your time to uh, to get into the live chat, um, say what you want to say, ask what you want to ask, and uh, yeah, we'll just have the have the ongoing discussion of Superflex Dynasty. So yeah, definitely uh, when you when you join in, uh, feel free to throw whatever you got into the chat uh, in the in the meantime, just to get us going, I did have one uh, earlier today uh, when I first tweeted this out, and let me just find. I should have already had this pulled up. This is so unprofessional. Um, although I don't know what uh, what expectations you might have had for me, considering, like I said last last time we did this, I was answering questions about whether or not the guy farted or not. So. Yeah, that's uh, just to kind of set the bar, set the expectations for the level of professionalism you're going to get on Superflex Super Friday nights. Uh, so this was from Drew, uh, who couldn't make it to the live chat, but he still wanted to get this question out there, which is in a Superflex League, a 16-team, by the way, Superflex League, which does, does change things quite a bit uh, for me. Um, actually it doesn't change things necessarily, but it, it would normally be something to consider, um, in a trade proposal like this one. So he's being offered Zach Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo for Justin Fields. Uh, right now he has Kirk Cousins and Jordan Love on his team, which I can tell you, I'm in one 16 team super flex and man, is it hard to get your hands on any quarterbacks in a league like that? So you know, first of all, just kind of through the lens of 16 teams where you're trying to increase quarterback headcount, you know, all of a sudden, the fact that you're getting two quarterbacks who are likely NFL starters, you know, Zach Wilson, certainly for the long term, 
And Jimmy Garoppolo probably lands somewhere. There are just too many jobs open for him not to, you know. So he he most likely gets a job. So you're kind of getting two starters here for the price of one, which isn't something that we necessarily have to worry about in a 12-teamer. Uh, you still end up making moves like that, but it's not nearly as as important and not nearly as difficult as in a 16-teamer. So, you know, here's an opportunity to do it. You have to give up Justin Fields, but you get back two quarterbacks. And to me, just just based on that, like forget about the players involved, just the fact that you're going from one to two in that format, you know, that alone tells me that uh, that it's something to at least consider. And then on top of that, I mean, I just I like Zach Wilson. I think he's got just as good of a chance, if not better chance, uh, to to be successful at least in 2022 than Justin Fields. I I think Justin Fields will ultimately be fine, but you know, you've got a new new uh, new coaching staff coming in, going to learn a new system, second one in two years. Um, you just lost Allen Robinson for whatever that is worth you still have darnell mooney but you know they they need to do something else at wide receiver before i'm gonna feel great about justin fields i i i I, (laughs) darnell mooney was great in 2021 but man do you really feel good about darnell mooney being your wide receiver one on an nfl roster i i you know i i just think that there's probably more coming but they've got a lot of work to do on that roster. So there's kind of no guarantees that there's any help coming at wide receiver anytime soon. Uh, But I've also talked a lot about how I feel about Zach Wilson. Um, You know, I think that he's in a great situation and uh, really kind of showed it late in the season in 2021. So man, for me, like I'm, I'm kind of at a point, I don't remember if I have it ranked this way, and I just did a rankings update. That's crazy. I already forgot. But I know the temptation was there for me to put Zach Wilson ahead of Justin Fields. I I do have them both ahead of Trey Lance right at the moment. We can discuss that later too. But, you know, that's uh, right at the moment for me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Zach Wilson as the most likely to break out in 2021 or of in 2022, excuse me, of that 2021 rookie class with a possible exception of Trevor Lawrence, just based on, you know, the, the situations that they all have right now, Zach Wilson really has the most stability <laughs> and, and you know, the, 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 there's stability in San Francisco for Trey Lance, except for the fact that Mike Florio just won't let go of the fact that, of this idea that maybe Tom Brady ends up in uh, San Francisco as their starting quarterback by week one. So, you know, until that goes away, uh, that's the whole thing with Trey Lance. You know, I said we could talk about that later. I'm just going to get to it. For me, the, that, that cloud over his head, over that entire team's head of, you know, maybe, maybe Tom Brady comes out of retirement to play there. Like until that goes away, uh, I'm going to have a hard time just, you know, cementing Trey Lance in that in in that uh, that top tier type of range. So, yeah, we're not there yet. So it really kind of comes down to Lawrence 
Wilson and Fields. And like I said, Fields, that's a tough situation for him. Tra- uh, Trevor Lawrence, it's it's similar. I mean, you know, you don't have a lot at wide receiver right at the moment. Uh, your running game is pretty beat up. And you've got a, a another new coaching staff, you know, so it's it. I, yeah, that one. It, I don't know. Again, Zach Wilson to me just has the most stability. That's kind of I keep looking up at the screen every time the ticker comes. On, I've got it set to NFL Network because how do you not right now after the week we just had? How do you not? So I've got a I've got NFL Network pulled up. Just in just in case something crazy happens, um, because that uh, we, we all know that that's within the range of possibility. So I just keep looking up. Just when I see the ticker, I'm like, oh god! Now and it, you know what? What the hell now? Um, but uh, yeah, right now we just got we just got uh, rookie rankings up there at the moment. So, but I don't want to miss it if if something crazy happens. I don't want to miss it. Non after the week we just had, uh, I definitely want to be prepared for that. Even uh, even as we talk super flex here. Um, all right, Tyler Reeves asks in super flex, what tier of players in the running back wide receiver positions would be equivalent to the one point oh three? Man, that's a great question. Um, and I might need to pull up some ADP in order to answer it. Um, but while I do that, let's uh, let's talk for a minute about what 103 looks like, what it should look like. Um, at this point, you know, I, <laughs> and it's funny, I've been railing on Traylon Burks and fantasy Twitter's love for Traylon Burks for the last, you know, several weeks. And then the combine hits and Garrett Wilson, who has been my wide receiver one, you know, every step of the way outperforms Traylon Burks. And now it looks like Garrett Wilson is kind of headed for that wide receiver one uh, consensus ranking, Um, which, you know, to me, he should. The problem is it's going to be another Twitter overreaction on this. It's going to be another industry overreaction because all along the way this should have been is you put Garrett Wilson and Traylon Burks in a tier together. The two of those two, those two belong in the same tier. To me, Garrett Wilson still, he he gives you, he wins at more levels at different parts on, you know, different parts of the field. He wins in more ways than Traylon Burks does. Traylon Burks, you kind of have to manufacture touches, you know, like very similar to Debo Samuel, um, which is fine. Debo Samuel's awesome. He's my favorite wide receiver and one of my favorite players in the entire league. He's so fun to watch. He's a he's an incredible athlete, but he doesn't go out and create his own opportunities. You've got to make the opportunities for him. You've got to line him up as a running back. You've got to run jet sweeps. You have to do stuff like that because he's not just going to run down the field and create separation, you know, throughout the entire route tree. Garrett Wilson does that. And that's why to me, Garrett Wilson is the wide receiver one. He should have been all along. But that doesn't mean that we take Traylon Burks completely out of that conversation, right? So really the takeaway here should have been it's it's less about Garrett Wilson versus Traylon Burks, and it's more an acknowledgement that, you know, there are a lot of wide receivers who are very similar in this rookie class. 
in that, you know, even beyond that first tier, like if you want to, if you want to call Garrett Wilson and Traylon Burks, that's a top tier. Immediately after that, I wouldn't even say a full tier break, kind of like a half, a half step drop, if that's possible, <laughs> you know, at wide receiver. The next one you've, you know, you've got Chris Olave and you've got George Pickens and you've got Jamison Williams and of course, Drake London, probably at the top of that tier. All those guys are in a tier as well. And they're not that far behind Garrett Wilson and Traylon Burks. So the bottom line is, if you were looking at Traylon Burks at 101 in a Superflex league, you know, you easily could have traded back anywhere in the first round and gotten a wide receiver who is going to score very similar to Traylon Burks. You can't say that at quarterback, and you definitely can't say that at running back. You know, you you absolutely can't say that there's that there's an equivalent to Brees Hall later in the first round at this point. People are still trying to, you know, stay on the Kenneth Walker train, um, trying to maybe even push up Isaiah Spiller. And now Jerome Ford is kind of making his way into the conversation. You know, those guys, <laughs> Brees Hall is the only running back in this draft class. Not only is he the best, the best all around running back in this draft class, he's the only one who's even got a chance to go in the first round. The rest of those guys, Kenneth Walker, that's a day two pick. Isaiah Spiller, that's a day two pick. Everybody else, I mean, you might see them go on day two, but I'm probably looking for them for a lot of those guys on day three, in fact. So when there's that big of a drop off, you know, from Brees Hall to everybody else, that should be what compels us. You know, kind of forget about, Forget about their rookie profiles. Forget about their athletic metrics and everything else. Just look at the position as a whole and say, there's such a big difference between Brees Hall and everybody else at the running back position. There's no way for me, if I was to trade back from 101 when I was planning on taking Brees Hall, because that's who I'm, that's the, my position of need. There's no way for me to recover that production. You know, so it has to be a much stronger offer to move back, at, you know, off of Brees Hall than Garrett Wilson or Traylon Burks. And kind of the same deal with Malik Willis. You know, it's a little bit closer at quarterback, I think, um, than at running back. But, you know, it, it still kind of stands. Malik Willis is just all alone in the top tier right now. And that second tier you know, there's, there's still some potential there. There's still some good players and probably a couple of them will even land starting jobs, but we know Malik Willis is going to be, you know, he, he's most likely a top 10 pick in the NFL draft, most likely a day one starter. And he's the only one that we can say that about definitively. So to me, at this point, we have to say Malik Willis and Brees Hall really should be the first two picks. In either order. Now, the nice thing is if you went if you went quarterback extreme in your startup and now, you know, you're you're good at quarterback. You don't need Malik Willis. Now you have the opportunity to take Brees Hall, which is, you know, from a value perspective, from a best player available perspective and from the perspective of, 
you know, looking at each position in, in terms of tiers, again, the biggest drop-off is from Brees Hall to the rest of the running backs. You really want to be able to take Brees Hall <laughs> if you can do it in a super flex rookie draft. He should be 101, and then Malik Willis really should be 102 because, again, there's really no way to replace him at quarterback. So at 103, that's when we finally start talking about, I mean, we're still looking, I think we're still looking at quarterback right there. We might even see a running back end up in a good enough position that, you know, they enter the conversation, but that's also where you can kind of start talking about wide receiver. I still wouldn't do it, but you can, you can at least consider those guys at that point, you know? So the, the bottom line is those top two picks in your super flex rookie drafts have just have so much more value than one Oh three, because there's just kind of a very, very defined top tier of, uh, of, of rookies just kind of as a whole that top tier being Malik Willis and Brees Hall by themselves. Right. So very long winded way of saying to me, there's a pretty big drop off from one Oh two to one Oh three. And, uh, that definitely is, it, it does kind of turn into, you know, a position where you start to, you, you're kind of considering your team needs less, you know, it's less about where's the value because the value is pretty equal across all the positions. And you start thinking more about just kind of, again, just, just team needs essentially. So you know, I so I do think that 103 loses a little bit of value uh, when it comes to that. Let's get a little bit more context here from Tyler. He uh, he followed up a little bit. Um, he said, I tried Amon Ross St. Brown and 103 for CD Lamb, and it didn't work. Um, would you go further than that or try to find someone else or just hold 103? Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I would keep going. I would keep going. Uh, I would tear down a little bit from that. Um, I'm a little surprised that that didn't work, to be honest with you. What I will say is if you're if you're just, eh, you know, I, I, I kind of like the move to to try and upgrade at wide receiver. So uh, I, I do like that. So to kind of turn them on raw. And and again, one at 103, you are considering guys like Traylon Burks and uh, and Garrett Wilson. So, you know, we don't want a ton of wide receiver depth. Wide receiver depth is not something worth having on roster. So, you know, I, I think that it's a worthwhile move to try and move, you know, a wide receiver and a pick that kind of loosely represents a wide receiver um, for just a wide receiver upgrade. Just consolidate them into one player. So, yeah, I would keep moving down a little bit. I, you know, for a package like that, I wonder if you could get Jalen Waddle. Um, I mean, he's got a higher ADP, an earlier ADP than CD Lamb, but I don't know that people actually feel that way, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, you know, I mentioned Debo Samuel. He could be another good one. Um, at the running back position, uh, possibly, you know, if you were to if you wanted to make a move for a running back. Um, looks like guys like, well, Javante Williams is at running back four. Man, that's that's pretty high. <laughs> that's pretty high. And here's the thing. Javante Williams is the number one beneficiary of this Russell Wilson trade. 
but running back four overall is still pretty high. Uh, that's February Superflex Dynasty ADP that just came out the other day. Um, Saquon Barkley could be a target for you with that package. And then straight up, I think we have to move down probably into, well, let's see. I mean, looks like I guys like Isaiah Spiller and uh, Garrett Wilson are kind of going in the sixth and seventh round that area. So I think you're probably looking at players in that same range. Um, Aaron Jones, if you're going to contend, I think is a guy that you might be able to get straight up for that one Oh three. Um, wide receivers. How about some wide receivers? Um, man, I don't like the wide receivers in that range. It's like Mike Evans, Michael Pittman, Amari Cooper, kind of. Um, man, I, I, I like what you were doing trying to package that pick, if I'm being honest, Tyler. I think you want to keep trying to um, package that pick with Amon Ra. Um, kind of a good, uh, like, I, I, I think that you're on it as far as Amon Ra. Probably it's, a, it's probably a pretty good time to uh, to sell him anyway. So the fact that you can package those two picks, yeah, I would, I would stick with that and just kind of keep moving down your personal rankings at wide receiver and running back from there. Um, just try and package those two for kind of the best player that you can get according to your own personal rankings or my rankings are dynastyleaguefootball.com. You can, you're definitely more than welcome to use those as well if you want. Um, you know, and just kind of whatever makes the most sense uh, for your roster from there, I would say. Uh, and he said, uh, well, I already have Javante and J.K. Dobbins at running back. Nice. So you got a good young group there. Uh, wide receivers are A.J. Brown, Michael Pittman, and Amon Ra. Uh, with flexes, Tyler Boyd, Michael Carter, Jacoby Myers. Um. 103 is just trying to upgrade quarterback or wide receiver. Okay. Um, I mean, so you can never get too much depth at running back. So I wouldn't rule that out. But, um, yeah, it looks like you actually probably could use just a little bit more depth at wide receiver. And what that's going to kind of do from there is free you up to uh, – I mean, you really kind of want Michael Pittman to be your third wide receiver. If you only start two wide receivers, you've got Michael Pittman on the bench, you know, and you can put him in a flex when you need to, but the real goal would be to get uh, running backs into the flex spots as much as you possibly can to a point where Michael Pittman's just on your bench until bye weeks hit or, you know, in the event that AJ Brown or this other wide receiver that you bring in gets hurt, but yeah, I th- I think that uh, that might be the move. Just keep going at, at uh, keep trying to make that move at wide receiver. Try and get that upgrade so that AJ Brown and you know whatever wide receiver you're able to trade for. Let's say hypothetically, you know, again, uh, Jalen Waddle is another guy that I would I would try for. I don't know that it's gonna. I don't know that that's going to happen if CD Lamb didn't happen, but that would that would be worth a shot. And then I think that that just kind of 
that really just kind of makes you efficient at wide receiver with AJ Brown and whoever that is starting. And then Michael Pittman is kind of a flex consideration bench type of guy. Then you can move on from Tyler Boyd and Jacoby Myers and, you know, eventually get it to a point here where you've, you've got a minimal number of wide receivers, but you're, you know, you're solid at wide receivers so that it doesn't matter that you don't have depth and then focus on the running backs. That would be the way I would approach it. Uh, BJ Lee says one quarterback. I got uh, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, uh, David Montgomery, Elijah Mitchell, um, Rogo, uh, maybe Rojo. Uh, trying to think of who else Rogo would be, but uh, maybe Ronald Jones. Um, Higgins, I imagine T. Higgins, Juju, Jarvis Landry, um, Gabe Davis, Jerry Judy, Nico Collins, uh, Terrace Marshall, uh, Kelsey, and Albert O. How you feel? What would you do to upgrade a team? I have one of three. Um, to, so right off the top, I think you have too many wide receivers. I would I would work on you know kind of what I was just saying with Tyler's roster. I would really start to um, try and turn some of that wide receiver depth into running back depth. I really kind of go for. I mean, my my dream scenario. I've got four running backs for every wide receiver on on roster. <laughs> Like it's, it, it's a pretty, uh, pretty extreme roster, you know, quarterback extreme isn't just because it's quarter it's extreme at the quarterback position. It's pretty extreme across the board, minimalist at wide receiver, heavy at running back, because that's a position that number one gets injured a lot, misses a lot of time. And number two, just gets replaced a lot, you know, pretty easily for a variety of reasons. You know, they come off the field just because they're tired. Somebody else goes in and looks awesome. And next thing you know, we're in a time split. And then, you know, you go a little bit longer in that time split and you find out that Tony Pollard is actually right now probably a better running back than Zeke Elliott. <laughs> you know, that's the type of thing that that happens at running back. And we need to be able to uh, to kind of adjust for that. So uh, I would start trading away some of the that wide receiver depth. I think uh, Gabriel Davis is a is a good a good one to consider trading. Jerry Judy actually is a good one to consider trading, um, simply because those are both guys who are getting uh, their their value is is getting pretty close to their ceiling right at the moment. You know, and particularly for Judy, just the fact that now he's got an actual quarterback <laughs> finally. I'm still, I just, I can't help it, man. Like I said, my team is the Broncos getting Russell Wilson is just, it is just an amazing feeling. I don't think that it does that much for Jerry Judy, to be honest. I mean, obviously it's an upgrade. Anything's an upgrade over Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, but you know, his, his skills don't mesh with Jerry Judy's the way they mesh with Cortland Sutton. You know, Russell Wilson's one of the best deep ball passers in the league. Cortland Sutton is one of the, the best deep ball trackers and one of the best jump ball winners in the league. So, I mean, you really kind of get the perfect situation for those two. 
because it's really just kind of Russ just put it up there and Sutton's going to go get it. Judy's going to be better, but I think it's more of an upgrade for Sutton than it is for Judy. And the fact that people are kind of trying to push Judy ahead of Sutton right now tells me that it might be a good time to sell Jerry Judy. Um, Gabriel Davis is kind of the same thing, you know, four touchdowns in that, uh, in, in their last playoff game. And now all of a sudden he's got some extra hype behind him. I think it's a good time to sell him just based on where his value's at. It's not that I have a problem with any, either of those players. It's not that I think that they're duds or anything. It's just now is a great time to kind of capitalize on the news cycle and uh, sell high on those guys. But yeah, I would, I would kind of pare down the wide receivers a little bit. Um, build up the running backs a little bit. Uh, 103, if you can, uh, if you can get, you're probably not going to get Brees Hall there. So that's the other thing. I, with 103, you might consider trading back. Um, see if you can get a couple picks to use on running backs. And from there, it kind of doesn't matter what running backs they are, to be honest. Just kind of best player available at, at the running back position. Um, 103 is really kind of going to be wide receiver range in a one quarterback league like that. And, you know, your uh, my guess is this is just my guess of how that's going to go when the time comes. I think Brees Hall is going to go 101. And I think either Garrett Wilson or Traylon Burks will go 102 and really kind of stick you with whoever's left of those two. So, Rather than being forced into a situation where you have to take yet another wide receiver um, because, you know, it, he's easily the best player available and that's kind of the the best tier still left, it's, it's, it would be a massive reach to take a running back right there. I would just move back if you can. Trade back, try and get a couple first-round picks. I mean, if you can get something like, you know, 100 call it like 107 and 110, something like that. I think that's a decent trade in that format. And I think you, it, you know, it wouldn't be a reach anymore to take those two running backs and start to build up that depth a little bit. That's, that's how I would approach it. I think. Uh, Freak stomp 49ers here. And he says, would you trade Alvin Kamara for Kareem Hunt? Uh, the 206 and the 2023 first, I have the 101. And 106 this year in Superflex. Yes, I would. I would trade Alvin Kamara for a random 2023 first right now. And, you know, first of all, I still think that there's probably a suspension coming. Certainly some legal issues coming from, uh, from you know, the, the incident in Vegas. I think there's probably something coming there. We also, it's, you know, it's a running back going into year five. That's typically a cliff, um, age cliff, usage cliff, whatever you want to call it. He's there. So, you know, it's possible that you get this wrong. It's possible. Well, it's possible that I get this wrong and you get it wrong by extension. Um, and Kamara gives you a great season here. But, you know, by 2023, you're going to be glad that you have the pick instead of Kamara. That's my belief. Um, so just that first alone does it for me. But I also think, so, you know, part of the, one of the things that happened in the news cycle this uh, this past week that really kind of got overshadowed by all the 
huge movement that we had, uh, particularly at quarterback, was that the Browns tendered uh, Dearness Johnson, who, if you've been listening to the Superflex Super Show, if you've been joining me here on Superflex Super Fridays, you've heard me talk about Dearness Johnson. That's one of my favorite sleeper running backs. And the fact that they're bringing him back kind of tells me that they have they have plans to get him into the rotation, and it makes Kareem Hunt expendable. I kind of think Kareem Hunt ends up on another team, and I think he ends up as the lead back. And I think it's kind of a win-win for just everybody involved. You know, I think the Browns get a, they get a better continuation of what Nick Chubb already does with Dearness Johnson. And now Kareem Hunt becomes a starter somewhere else. And for all of us, now there's there's a value that you needed from Dearness Johnson. There's more work in the passing game for Nick Chubb. And now you get Kareem Hunt as a starter on a whole other team. So, yeah, man, this is this is a big-time win as far as I'm concerned. I'm excited about that one for you. I really like that one. Um, moving off of Kamara, getting out a little early. And... Uh, and then, you know, the the possibilities that you get with Kareem Hunt and that 2023 first. And then, you know, 206, I still I, I think that that has some value as well. Like let, we won't completely throw that one out. It's it's really kind of wide receiver range still. But I don't think it would be a huge reach for you to grab another running back there, too. All of a sudden, you turn Kamara into three running backs over the course of two years, and it very well could be three guys in starting starting roles. So yeah, uh, I'd love I love that move for you, um, Dylan. Dylan's here. Yes, excited for the show, Superflex dude. Thanks, man. Just uh, too bad there isn't much going on in the NFL to talk about lately. I know, right? Yeah, such a boring week. Just. Uh, like I said, I've got the got the TV on just in case something happens, but I don't know why we would expect anything to. Um, yeah, yeah, it was uh, that was not interesting at all this week, especially here in Denver, Colorado. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was that was a week for sure. Um, but glad you're here, Dylan. Uh, Rusty Jones asks, "How do I know if I'm a contender?" Uh, 10 team super flex Mahomes, Burrow, Stafford, Mahomes, Burrow, Stafford. That tells me you're a contender <laughs> right there. Uh, Mixon, Javante, CD Lamb, Devontae Adams, uh, Darren Waller, Deontay Johnson, T. Higgins are my starters. Uh, Tony or uh, Michael Gallup, Kadarius Tony, um, Samuel Debo. Is that Debo Samuel or is that Curtis Samuel? Uh, kind of depends there, um, but n- well, no, it doesn't depend. Uh, what what it depends if it's Debo Samuel, he's a starter. Uh, if it's uh, if it's Curtis Samuel, yeah, he's just kind of keeping your bench from floating away. Um, lost your first round, uh, lost in the first round last year, but yeah, man, that's a contender. That's easily a contender. Um, the quarterbacks is, that's a big indicator for me. Um, you've, uh, yeah, running back is running back is always a little tough to say. I, I think that, uh, 
you know, I'd be curious about your depth at running back. But this is kind of turned into the theme of the show here. But like, I think that you're a little overloaded at wide receiver. And I think that you would benefit from turning some of that wide receiver depth into some running back depth, especially with some of the high end guys that you've got there that you could exchange straight across for a startable running back. But yeah, just start to pile up some depth. Um, but yeah, I mean, in a 10 team league, this is kind of what we're looking for. This is, this is the type of roster construction that you want. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just not seeing very many holes, you know? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm guessing it was kind of fluke luck in the first round. I mean, I don't have the full context, obviously. Um, I, you know, I don't know exactly how that went down for you, but what I do know is, uh, you know, nine times out of 10, I would put that, that lineup against just about anyone and expect to win. So that's definitely a contender. Um, man, as far as indicators though, I think that's a really good question. And at some point, something that we probably need to really dive into, whether it's on uh super Friday or the super flex super show, either way we, we, kind of need to uh to talk about you know what what are what are some indicators that this is a team that's uh that's ready to go win a championship and uh you know figure out what's holding you back when uh when you're not quite there that's a that's a that's a really interesting i'm i'm gonna write that down actually i like so i'm a business owner and uh and I, and I also mentor entrepreneurs here in Denver and I take a lot of the concepts that we use both in business and in, um, you know, in mentoring startups. Uh, I take a lot of those into my analysis of, uh, in dynasty and Superflex, and, uh, the, you know, the, the idea of key success indicators is something that, uh, is very important in business that uh does that really kind of gets left out of the conversation in dynasty um that's something that needs to make its way into into the conversation i really like that so rusty if nothing else i gotta thank you for uh for shining some light onto that one that's gonna be a a big one that's gonna be important um rusty also said i'm looking to add to my 2023 first uh, I've read that class is loaded. Yeah, man. It's uh it's it's gonna be a good one. Um the uh, <laughs> with, like where it's it, it's really gonna be it's still gonna be kind of top heavy, is the way I understand it. I mean it's it's relatively deep, um, but I mean we've got generational type talents coming in at at all the major positions. Um, well. Not so much a tight end anymore, I guess, but you know, particularly at quarterback, wide receiver, and running back, and you really kind of want to be at the top for those. Um, the problem is your team is good enough to go win a championship, um, but we've kind of been talking about this throughout the off season. Of uh, you know, there's kind of a there's another there's another strategy out there that could be employed if you're not. You know, if you if you're not that strong of a contender, is to go ahead and strip it down and guide your own pick to first overall. 
because that's going to be a damn good player. Whether you go, you know, Bryce Young or uh, uh, CJ Stroud at quarterback, or of course, I mean, to me, the pick is going to be Bijan Robinson. You want to have the the perfect situation to me would be to go into 2023 with rookie pick 101 and a fully stocked group of quarterbacks so that you can take Bijan Robinson and just lay waste to your league. It's going to be it's going to be nuts, man. So that would be the goal. <laughs> it's hard to get there. And especially when you've got a contender like this, it's like, yeah, don't strip it down. Don't go get 101. Just go win your championship. Um, Corey, Corey's here. Said just joining in. Deshaun Watson is a free man. Yeah, uh, kinda, kinda. Um, yeah, legally speaking, which that's not my expertise, but uh he's still a Houston Texan, and uh that's that's the part that uh that we're really waiting for that next domino to fall. Where's he gonna land? Uh, Justin Sullivan is here too. That's my man. Um, it, Justin Sullivan uh, really kind of helped me create the uh, the idea of the Superflex flywheel, and even kind of threw in a wrinkle of, hey, let, you know, while we're while we're at it, why don't we just like we're going heavy at quarterback, we're going minimalist at wide receiver. So you know, if we're really kind of zeroing in on a particular wide receiver why don't we just stack them with the quarterback while we're at it so like i just can't give him enough credit for that one man there's like that's a really hard uh it's a really hard rust roster build to to come up with but man if you get it who i just i i don't know of a way if you've got the super flex flywheel where you've got your you've got your four or five quarterbacks and you've got, you know, minimalist at wide receiver and, and you're heavy at running back, including a, you know, a couple wave one type of guys plus the wide receivers and quarterbacks are linked. Like I, I, there's no way for people to, there's, there's no way that they're going to be able to compete with you anyways. And <laughs> there, so yeah, uh, just to, uh, I guess I just uh, saying Justin's praise is probably enough, but um, at least for the moment. Uh, but he said uh, he asked which landing spot for the remaining rookie quarterbacks is most attractive to you. Congrats on Russell Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> mile high salute. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's a good feeling to have a real quarterback around here again. Um, Let's see, uh, landing spots for cor- for rookie uh, quarterbacks. I mean, we've got a. I, I think Seattle is really a pretty good one. Um, there's still some offensive line questions there. Uh, that's part of why Russell Wilson wanted out in the first place. Um, and you know, kind of ditto the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like those are both offenses with good weapons. Uh, probably a slight edge to the Steelers there because they also have the running game in place uh, where Seattle doesn't. But um, yeah, good good pass catching weapons. The protection is an issue. So I think you almost have to say I don't know how I don't know if Carolina is going to be interested in a rookie quarterback. That would probably be a, a 
one of the top ones for me. Tampa Bay would be a good one. Um, man, any of those others? Uh, like Green Bay could take another shot. <laughs> I don't know that they will, um, but they probably should. Yeah, I, I think I would go with those. I think I would say, um, I think I would say Tampa Bay and Carolina are probably the top ones for me. Um, Cleveland is a decent one. Uh, they've always been able to field a good offensive line. They're just kind of they don't have a whole lot as far as pass catchers right at the moment. So I guess we'll leave them out of there too. Yeah, we'll just leave it at Carolina and. Uh, Tampa Bay would be the top two for me. Uh, Pittsburgh and Seattle are close as well, though. Corey says, Tyreek Hill for A.J. Brown. Dude has Patrick Mahomes. Um, I mean, I I think, yeah, Tyreek Hill probably has a little bit more value to him. Um, and I, I have Tyreek Hill ranked a little bit of he- ahead of AJ Brown, but they're in the same, the same tier within a couple spots of each other for me. It's really a lateral move. Um, so it makes sense. I was about to say it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go from one elite wide receiver to the other. Um, I mean, age, I guess could be a little bit of a, of a factor there, but yeah, the fact that he gets a link Pat Mahomes with uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, That's kind of the reason to do it. Yeah, I think that that's fine. Um, I mean, if you're giving up Tyreek Hill, I would actually try and squeeze a little bit more out, though. I would try and get a pick, um, even if it's just like a second round pick or something. You know, he should be they should be willing to pay up uh, to get Tyreek Hill and and link him with uh, with Pat Mahomes. So. I, I think I would negotiate that a little bit. It's really not bad. It's pretty balanced, but um, the fact that Tyree Kill has more value to them than he does to you means that uh, I think you can probably negotiate a little bit more out of that. Um, Corey says, I love Russell, but he didn't have the same wheels anymore. Uh, he can't throw over the top. He has to roll out, and he can't outrun people the, the same anymore. I'm a Seahawk. Uh, I'm a Seahawk and love that man. Um, yeah, I man, that very well could be true. I I didn't get to watch a whole lot of him last year. I mean, he missed some time with an injury, first time ever. It could add something to do with it. Um, again, not a lot of time. That offensive line was an issue. But uh, yeah, I mean. We've also, we've seen him run less and less. I don't know if that's by design or if that's kind of a, you know, just something that happens as you get a little older. (laughs) It just, it just becomes, uh, there's less motivation to do it. (laughs) Um, I have no idea about the arm strength though. That's, that's kind of interesting. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I also don't think that he's going to be asked to do quite as much um, in Denver. You know, at the the top, I kind of talked about, I said, you know, to me, Javante Williams is the, the the, easily the biggest beneficiary of that entire trade. 
And the reason for that is just simply game script. You know, all of a sudden you've got a quarterback who can extend drives. You're not going to see three and outs. You're not going to, you don't have Drew Locke throwing, you know, a five yard out pattern on third and seven anymore. You've got a guy who's going to be, he's going to throw for the sticks and he can actually, you know, he can sustain drives. He can extend drives. You're going to get down in the red zone more often, which is going to be Javante Williams range. And on top of all that, the other thing that's going to happen by extending those drives is you keep the defense on the sideline more, which, you know, you get a fresh defense coming back out onto the field and defending a much, you know, a lot more, uh, a lot more of the field than what they're used to. This is a good defense. And, you know, they're going to be able to create a positive game script by for Javante Williams by limiting the number of points that are typically scored. So, um, you know, to me, it's, it's, it's less about Russell Wilson himself and what he does, even though it is an upgrade, you know, from Drew Locke, it's, it just is <laughs> like true. Drew Locke. I, 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 I really hope that the Seahawks, uh, figure out they're right now they're being linked to Deshaun Watson. I would love to see that, but I hope they do something. Don't just go with Drew Locke into the season. That is, that's not the type of season that you want to go through, man. The twelves are going to, they're, they're going to, they're going to trade in their, their Seahawks uh, jerseys. If you do that, because it is awful football to watch. It is disgusting. So, um, yeah, Russell Wilson does a lot of things for the offense. It, like, it's not just about his downfield passing. He does a lot of things for that offense and for the team as a whole um, that, that don't even necessarily show up in his own stats. Uh, Fantasy Condo asks, uh, 104 and what level of player is an acceptable offer for 101 or 102? Um, that's a good question. I think, uh, man, let's go back to ADP here. Um, because I think that, uh, I think that we figured out that some of the, you know, a lot of the, the rookies, you know, the top like rookie three and four, they weren't going that far behind rookies one and two. So I don't think it's going to be a huge difference. Um, but I wonder about, I mean, I think that it's got to be, I think you would probably need to upgrade a starter. Actually, I don't think this ADP is going to help us. <laughs> I'm just kind of realizing that. Seeing Sam Howell going, you know, ahead of Darnell Mooney and uh, right after Miles Sanders. I think that's kind of going to throw off our values here a little bit. So we won't necessarily go off of that. I'm just going to look at some names based on that, though. But yeah, I, th- I think that you probably would have to upgrade a starter somewhere um, to get them to, you know, rather than have the decision kind of made for them with that top tier quarterback or running back at 101 or, or 102 to kind of trying to decide between this huge, huge bucket of players that includes the top wide receivers. It includes, 
you know, three or four quarterbacks, probably certainly Matt Corral and uh, Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell are going to be in that going to be in that range. Desmond Ritter might make it there by then if he lands in a good enough spot. Um, and it's still possible that some running backs make it into that range. And so all of a sudden, like, you know, that you, you lose a little bit of value at one Oh four for the fact that you have to, you have to sort through all that. You have to figure out between all of those guys that gives you a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity to, uh, to hit and hit big. There's also a lot of room for failure there. So to me, I think, you know, taking the names out of that actually, it actually helps quite a bit and just saying, you know, it's, it's kind of worth a lot to know that you're getting Malik Willis or Brees Hall. It's worth kind of a lot to, there's a lot of value to getting and knowing that you're going to get one of those two guys as opposed to trying to sift through, you know, an entire tier of wide receivers, an entire second tier of quarterbacks, an entire second tier of running backs, whatever that looks like. So yeah, I think that you probably need to upgrade a starter for them. I think it needs to be somebody and and not even to me not necessarily a flex. Now, if I was going to try and buy 101 or 1 or 102, obviously I would lowball them, but I would prepare myself for the possibility that it's going to take somebody like a uh, you know, Travis Etienne kind of comes to mind is a guy that you might have to give up to to get into that range or or Terry McLaurin. Those are some some guys just that kind of immediately uh jump into my mind is as you might have to give up in order to move up just those couple of spots. Because that the difference between those two spots is a lot. Um Jaden Sharp asks where do you all have Tim Patrick? Um, it, uh, man, off the top of my head, I don't remember. He's, he's still kind of a ways down there. Uh, I don't know how much of a high volume passing offense this is necessarily going to be. Um, and so I don't know that the, cause you could argue Tim Patrick could be, he could be as high as a third option. And in some weeks in some schemes, he probably will be, he'll probably be, you know, the second or third option, uh, particularly, I mean, if they're playing against a team that primarily plays zone defense, for instance, um, he's probably going to get more work than Jerry Judy, um, just as an example, you know, but there are going to be other weeks where, you know, Jerry Judy, um, probably Sutton, certainly Judy, um, possibly Albert O and then the running backs are all going to be higher priorities than Tim Patrick. So yeah, I mean, I've got him ranked and it's somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, wide receiver 50 ish, something like that. Um, but the bottom line is I don't really want guys like that on my roster. I want to know, uh, you know, I want to, I at the very least, I want to know when I can start them. And ideally, I can. I just know that I can start them anytime, and they're going to be fine. That's the type of guys that I want, and usually it means it's got to be one of the top two options on uh, on an NFL roster. Uh, fourth and one, 
asks uh, 102, 207, and a 2003 first for Javante Williams. Oh, man. Which side you got? I mean, I think that that's plenty for Javante. Um, I hate to do it. Yeah, I, I hate to do it because, like I just said, I think that Javante benefits quite a bit from Russell Wilson um, being on the team. And, I, and honestly, I don't care if Melvin Gordon's there or not. Uh, I think either way, Javante Williams uh, benefits greatly. Excuse me. I just stop talking sometimes. Got to make sure and drink stuff <clears throat> so I can make it through this entire two-hour ask-me-anything session here on Superflex Super Friday. <clears throat> All right. Anyways, yeah, I hate to do it because I feel like uh, Javante Williams' arrow is pointing up, but <clears throat> that's a good price for him. That's a good return. You know, 102, first of all, if you need quarterback help in a super flex, you know, 102 puts you in range for Malik Willis. Either you're going to get Malik Willis and get the quarterback help that you need, or you're going to end up with Brees Hall, who, you know, replaces Javante Williams almost straight across and makes that 207 and the 2023 first basically free. It doesn't necessarily... You know, it doesn't solve your problems at quarterback yet, but you ended up with more trade ammo to go ahead and go fix quarterback. So uh, if you need a quarterback, you know, I think that, uh, and who doesn't in Superflex, you know, um, if we're talking one quarterback, it's probably, it's probably going to be Javante for me. Um, still super close, but in a Superflex, yeah, I mean, when the worst case scenario is you, you end up with Malik Willis uh, with that pick plus some extra picks to trade away later. Yeah, that's a that's a slam dunk for me. That's a that's a good price to get back for Javante. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Rusty zero running back depth <laughs> to add to the above. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough to like. It's. It, it's pretty easy to just start bailing on running backs. Um, the the wide receivers just look better and better. Like even if you were to do a startup right now, the wide receivers just continue to look strong the entire way through the draft. And that's why it's so hard to limit your depth at wide receiver because it's so easy. I mean, it's just about, you know, when you get into the to the 12th round and beyond, Every single time your pick your your turn comes up to pick, the best player available is you know is is going to be a wide receiver. Like every single time, and it takes so much discipline to let some of those wide receivers go. You know, because you're just going to be like, man, like that guy's still there. Allen Robinson is still there. You know, <laughs> here in the here in the thirteenth, fourteenth round, he's still available. Like, how do I pass on that? And you you have to do it. It's tough, though. Um, but that's, yeah, that's why I always challenge people to, like, instead of, instead of thinking about the names, because honestly, at the end of the day in fantasy football, the names generally don't matter. If you've got the right roster build, 
the names on your roster don't really matter. We still talk about we still talk about it because first of all, it is fun. <laughs> like that's that's the fun of fantasy football is to kind of figure out who are the guys who are most likely to perform well and you know give us those bragging rights and it, you know there's just kind of some intrinsic value in in you know guessing right as far as which guy is going to outperform you know these other guys but at the end of the day it kind of doesn't matter because if you've got the right roster build you can overcome all that stuff you know you can overcome any scoring advantage that they're able to create with one player, you're going to, you're going to overcome that because your entire roster is working together. Your entire lineup is working together in a way that theirs doesn't. So, you know, the names kind of don't, they don't, they don't really matter. Um, And so, you know, like I always, I just always like to challenge people to strip away the names, forget about the names, at least for the moment and just commit to, a roster build in your startup. And I'm, I'm actually going to put this out here for all of you guys right now. In fact, if you're going to do a startup anytime soon, I challenge you to make sure that you take at the very least, take as many running backs as wide receivers. Just start with that. You don't have to go four to one, just go one to one for now. I mean, to really the optimal lineup, the optimal roster is, you know, like four, four to one, um, uh, you know, running back to wide receiver, but, you know, just to kind of get yourself comfortable with that type of roster build and to get yourself to kind of see, to, you know, start looking for the value at running back later in the draft, just commit to that roster build going in and stick to it. You know, just go into it and say, this is I, like, I'm going to do this regardless, even if it means I'm taking, you know, Donta Foreman over, you know, the, whatever wide receiver falls that far. You know, you still do it. You still say this, I, I'm committed to this. It's also why I don't believe in the whole <laughs> be water thing. Let the draft come to you thing. You know, I think you can go in with a plan and stick to it and you're going to end up being better off for it. So that's my challenge to you. Next time you do a startup, uh, commit to and from there. It's kind of whatever your tolerance is, but, uh, uh, at the very least go two to one or, or go, uh, go one to one, get just as many running backs as you do wide receivers. And then maybe the next time try two to one, just kind of keep working your way into it or even better. Here's a better way to do it so that you don't have to do it live with, with money on the line. Join me in a Superflex ADP mock draft. I'm just getting them started for the month of March. All you have to do is get on Twitter, follow me at Superflex Dude, and either tweet at me, either uh, either at me or DM me your email address, and I'll get you into a mock draft. It's 20 rounds. So, you know, try this out. Try it out. You know, whatever build you want to go with it at, uh, at quarterback. And then, I mean... There's no tight end premium, so take like one or two, whatever. But focus on the the wide receivers and the running backs and try it. Try, you know, an equal number of wide receivers and running backs. See how it looks. See how it feels to you. Um, 
Yeah, back to Russ. Corey Dean says he's short and he has a rollout most of the time to get the ball out. Um, Freak Stomp 49er says Russ looks slow and unmotivated to me. Um, for that's coming from a 49er fan, by the way. So <laughs> grain of salt. Then I, I mean that and that very well could be true. Um, in all honesty, you know, it, in and maybe that's a permanent thing. It also just could have been, you know, it, it, there. It sounds like there was kind of a lot going on in Seattle, kind of behind the scenes, which is usually the case just about everywhere. When you start talking about millionaires dealing with billionaires, you know, we there's there's just some drama, a hundred percent of the time that we usually know nothing about. But it sounds like there was some drama there. Uh, over the last few years and uh, particularly the fact that they were not able to solidify that offensive line and protect him. He, he got sacked a lot. So yeah, I could see motivation being an issue. <laughs> I would not be surprised by that after you just get sacked over and over and over again, and they just don't do anything to fix that O line for you. Yeah, motivation probably becomes an issue. I hope it's better here in Denver. I can't promise it it will be. They've got a better offensive line. I will say that. But it's still it's it's that's been an ongoing issue here as well. So <laughs> hopefully hopefully they can protect him and uh he can find the motivation. Kyle Center's here. Yes. Full press fantasy. Um uh, and Kevin. Kevin asks, uh, what are we thinking about Tua this year? I need quarterback help and have the one uh the one seven, one oh seven. Um, draft a quarterback or go for Tua or another option. Um, I definitely think Tua is a better option than one what you're gonna have at uh at rookie pick one oh seven. Um let's see. Trying to think of, uh, yeah, I mean, I like, I think that the guys that are going to be in your range at 107, like, it's it's going to be guys who probably aren't going to be all that helpful to you this year, just just kind of at all, you know. Like, I I think that the guys that that generally are going to make it to that range, it's going to be something like, you know, so let's say Kenny Pickett goes to uh, uh goes to Atlanta you know, just for argument's sake, um, where Matt Ryan is still going to be the starter. And, you know, so you know that that Kenny Pickett isn't likely to make it onto the field anytime soon. Um, and so he falls to kind of that back half of the first round. Like, that's the type of guy who's going to be in your range. If, if a quarterback gets drafted early enough in the first round and is going to get a first, you know, is going to get a day one starting job, they're going to be gone by 107. So, you know, this whole time here, we've been talking about Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, their considerations at 103, 104. Ultimately, what's going to happen is 103 and 104 are going to end up being quarterbacks as well. It's and you know, so there might be another running back who kind of sneaks into that that conversation in the top five too. I think that you're probably looking more at 
wide receivers in the 106, 107 range. And that's probably where they're going to start coming off the board. So I don't think there's going to be a whole lot left for you at quarterback. Um, I would, I would go with Tua. Like if that's, if it's, uh, if we're talking about a trade here where you're getting Tua for 107, it's pretty easily Tua for me. Um, even if there is a quarterback available to you, 107, I think Tua is just going to be a much better option. So I would, I would do that. Um, the one other thing where you know where you say or another option, to me, Zach Wilson is that's the guy that I've that I have been talking up and will continue to talk up every chance that I get. I think that he might be a little bit cheaper option for you uh, than Tua. Um, and probably cheaper than 107, as crazy as it sounds. Um, I think that he would be a cheaper option, and I think that he's got roughly the same floor as Tua. Um, maybe a slightly lower floor than Tua, but uh, to me, I, I believe that he has more upside than Tua. I really do. And I'm not, I'm not one of the people who is just completely out on Tua. There's, that definitely exists. I'm not part of that. Um, I think that he's fine. I think that that offense is fine. Actually, that offense with Mike McDaniel, I think, is more than fine. I think they're going to be great. But I think it's going to focus more on uh, the running game and probably some kind of shorter-type timing routes um, between Tua and, you know, Jalen Waddle, Mike Jusicki. Um, So... Yeah, I like. I think Tua is going to be fine. I just think Zach Wilson is uh, has a has a higher uh, ceiling than he does. I think he's got more upside. So that's a guy that I've really been tar- targeting a lot this offseason. and I think you might even get him cheaper than Tua. Um, Caleb Rouse uh, says, "Hey, quick question. I have the 104. If I pick, uh, who do you think is best? If I don't, uh, what do you think I can reasonably get to trade out?" Um, players and or picks it's a 10 team super flex tight end premium um and i have no glaring weaknesses in regards to my question so um yeah like i said i think uh man if you don't have if you don't have glaring issues to me i kind of default to running back and as of now and again, you know, this is obviously subject to change. Um, draft capital would make a pretty big difference. Landing spots would also make a very big difference. So, you know, it's like it's it's possible that we see, uh, you know, let's just go with Kenneth Walker. Right now he's kind of running back two for a lot of people. Seems like he's past uh, Isaiah Spiller. And certainly I think he's he's more of a three down type of back than Isaiah Spiller probably is. So we'll just use him as the example, as a hypothetical. Um, let's say he goes to a situation, you know, like uh like Miami. Just talked about Miami with Mike McDaniel. That would be that's a great landing spot for a running back. Or Buffalo. Buffalo would be another one. Um, let's say, you know, it's a day two pick it's, you know, second, third round, something like that. But Kenneth Walker ends up in either Buffalo or Miami where he's going to be the feature back. And 
you know, he's going to be their, their lead back on a good offense with good play calling. You know, all of a sudden, I think that guy jumps up into that range. So that's that's kind of where we have to wait and see what happens in a draft to really kind of figure out what these guys have to offer. Uh, the combine just doesn't do it for me. You know, their athletic profile just doesn't tell me enough. Um, it's, it's landing spot and it's draft capital. That's what we need to know. So when we get to that point, uh, you know, I think change, things will things will change. Things will kind of get shuffled around a little bit more. But as of now, sitting here on March 11th on a Superflex Super Friday night, I you know, Brees Hall is kind of it at running back. And again, to me, if if you don't have if you don't have glaring needs, I think that you obviously we always look at quarterback. There'll probably be one available to you at one Oh four. I really kind of default to running backs in a rookie draft. And right now we don't really see one in that range. So yeah, I think I would probably try and trade back and, uh, you know, I, I, so I would target a team that does need quarterback help. Uh, or you know what? Or a team that needs um, that needs some wide receiver help. I would go look at those two uh, because for a quarterback needy team, 104 is kind of a cheap way to uh, you know trading for 104 is is even though you're going to run the price up on them a little bit here, it's still a cheap way for them to add to their quarterback headcount. Um, and then wide receiver. I mean, at least right at the moment, people are still thinking about Garrett Wilson and Jalen Burks uh, early in the first round. I don't think it's going to stay that way. It certainly shouldn't. But, you know, if people are feeling like, you know, 104, that's going to be my chance to fix wide receiver because I can go get Traylon Burks. You know, if, if people are thinking that way right now, capitalize on that for sure. Um, as far as a return... I mean, I would probably, I would try and get a couple picks, and I think that you can probably get two, two picks somewhere in, you know, in the neighborhood of like, oh, 108 and beyond. I think you should probably be able to get two picks, like 108 and another pick, you know, anywhere from, uh, you know, between 109 and like 202, 203, something like that. And I think that's a pretty good return. And I, you know, you're going to be able to turn that into for, uh, first of all, you can still get the running back that kind of gives you that added, that added depth. And then you can also get a lotto ticket. This is if you have a taxi squad. Um, this is, this is the only way that I'll go above my quota on wide receivers is if I have a taxi squad to, to stash them on. But if you do, yeah, I mean, you'll probably get one of those wide receivers. Who's honestly going to be just as good as Traylon Burks and Garrett Wilson and, uh, just stash them on taxi squad. Um, yeah, I think that's the type of move I would make, uh, yeah, and it it really kind of depends on who they're targeting, what they need. Like that's kind of going to depend a little bit on. Uh, that's going to be an indicator of of what you're going to be able to get in return too. I think. 
you know, I think I, because I think that you can draw a little bit more out of somebody who's in need of a quarterback than a wide receiver. Because even the people who, you know, feel like Traylon Burks is going to just, just completely change the trajectory of their roster. I still think that just kind of subconsciously, they still recognize that there are a lot of different ways to fix wide receiver other than drafting Traylon Burks. At quarterback, it's a lot harder. It's a lot, you know, if they're quarterback needy, I think that they're going to be a little bit more desperate and willing to pay a little bit more to move up to 104. So, you know, I think that, uh, that it kind of, you kind of start there. You kind of start with uh, who are some teams that would benefit from moving up to 104. And, and then from there, like, think about how does it benefit them? What is the benefit to them? Is it that they need a quarterback? Because 104 is, that's their last chance to get one at a reasonable price at all. Uh, or do they just need wide receivers and, you know, they're likely to target guys like Traylon Burks. It's a little bit harder to hold that person's feet to the fire. So, uh, and, and but yeah, I mean, you kind of think about what do they need? You put a specific name to it and say, oh, they that's a quarterback needy team that I'm going to try and move 104 to. Uh, and so let's say that I'm giving them, you know, essentially the rights to draft Kenny Pickett or Sam Howell. And and then go look at ADP and see kind of where those guys are right now. Uh, Kenny Pickett and, and Sam Howell. Um, well, right now, Matt Corral is the quarterback two in the class, it looks like. Um, yeah, again, this ADP is not going to help us. <laughs> Damn it. Um, Kenny Pickett, uh, it's... He's, it looks like he's quarterback three in the class and he's going kind of in the neighborhood of, uh, TJ Hawkinson. If you've got any kind of T of tight end premium, that could be a possibility. Um, because they're going to, they're, they're going to be willing to pay up a little bit, uh, to get a quarterback, to get a rookie quarterback. So, um, I don't want to go, I don't want to scroll too far down, but some of the names we mentioned earlier, guys like Terry McLaurin and Travis Etienne, uh, you know, I could see making that move for guys like that. Um, I would probably, st I would aim a little bit higher at first and go after guys like, you know, Stefan Diggs, J.K. Dobbins, Elijah Moore. Try and try and get one of those guys straight up for the pick, and then. Uh, yeah, uh, particularly guys like Dobbins, um, some some kind of buy low running backs, maybe even package somebody for an absolute with that pick for an absolute stud. Uh, you know, if you don't already have, you know, if you're if you're in good shape at running back, but you don't already have Saquon Barkley, that's that's kind of to me that's the big buy in fantasy football. So, you know, maybe package that pick with with one of your, you know, your low end, your kind of flex consideration type running backs and see if it gets you Saquon. Um, 
Sorry, got lost. Where are we at? Uh, fourth and one. Fourth and one. That's where we're at. It's fourth and one. And uh, yeah, I did hate to do it for sure. Uh, made this deal a day before the rust trade. Uh, still feeling feeling all right about it. Uh, oh yeah, the Javante Williams trade from earlier. Yeah, yeah, 102, 207 in a 2023 first for Javante Williams. Um, so I hope that you gave up Javante. But yeah, it, like that one, now that uh, Russell Wilson is on board, like I said, it, uh, it makes Javante a lot more intriguing than he already was. But uh, uh, yeah, I still think if you gave up Javante and got all that draft capital, I still think you won. Um, fourth and one also says, uh, what's the best way to pivot from an average quarterback to one of the top guys? Um, have so much quarterback depth on one of my teams. Um, Zach Wilson, Baker Mayfield, and Justin Fields are all expendable if I can add one more top-end quarterback. Uh, yeah, I mean, whew, uh, I like that. Um, if you've got that kind of depth, yeah, that's a that's a great situation to be in. In all honesty, and again, like this is going to be roster dependent for these other teams that you're trying to trade with, of course. That's just, you know, that that's probably the fine print that needs to go on every one of these answers. But, uh, you know, if, if there's a team that has, you know, one of those elite quarterbacks and then they're they're hoping that Mitch Trubisky becomes a starter somewhere, which he probably will, but that's still that's that's not good enough at quarterback right to have just those two that's not good enough or you know there there are rosters out there that's like pat mahomes and then they ignored quarterback for a long time because they felt like they were set with just mahomes and then they ended up with crap like bridgewater and jimmy garoppolo you know <laughs> is their quarterback and so now and you know and maybe they had tom brady or or ben roethlisberger and so now they're kind of down to just just Mahomes and and some lotto tickets. I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, if you were able to trade two of those guys for Mahomes. I mean, I think they'd probably take Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. But, you know, if you're that loaded at quarterback and you're just trying to upgrade them, I mean, just package those two, get back Mahomes. Like, that's an, that's an easy way for you to upgrade. And it's an easy way for them to increase quarterback headcount. That's the number one thing to kind of look for is the opportunity to do that for someone, you know, to increase their quarterback depth. Um, because that is the single hardest thing to do in all of fantasy football. Uh, the hardest thing to do is increase your quarterback depth in a super flex dynasty. So um, the fact that you're in a position to help them do that, I mean, there are other ways to do it, but that's kind of the easy answer is give them two quarterbacks for the price of, for, for one. That's the easy way for you to do it. And it's easy way for them to do it. That's kind of the, the cleanest. So that's what I would go for. Uh, exciting times for the Superflex dude. Yes, sir. What's up, Zane? Good to have you here. How close do you think Carson Wentz is to washing out of the league? Third team in three years and some unflattering reports coming out of Indy. 
Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how much to necessarily uh, buy into this stuff in Indy. Um, it, it, it just as easily could be kind of some politics, kind of a way to explain away the fact that, yeah, we just traded a first round pick for this guy and now we're already done with him. <laughs> like the easy way to, to explain that is to say, oh yeah, that, you know, locker room cancer. Maybe he is. I don't know. Maybe it, it I, I think that it's just as plausible that he's an asshole as, you know, it's, it's equally pl- plausible that they just, they wanted to move on from him. They didn't feel like they were going to win anything with him, which they were probably right. You know, that, that roster is just kind of not constructed for him to, to, to lead that offense. You know, it, it, they they need an upgrade at quarterback. He needed a change of scenery. And, you know, that easily could just be an excuse that they made in order to make that, you know, to explain that away. But, um, yeah, I mean, at the same time, historically, Washington is not a great place to land for a quarterback. <laughs> it does end up being the final stop for a lot of quarterbacks. Um, Donovan McNabb, Alex Smith, I mean, for different reasons, it's not, it it wasn't a Washington thing per se, but it just, it's just interesting how many quarterbacks end up in Washington and just kind of finish out their career. (laughs) there. Um, so, I mean, as far as that goes, we're always looking for trends in fantasy football. Well, there's, there's one of them for you. There's a pattern. Um, but I, I, you know, I still have some hope for Carson Wentz. I think that he's still a, a very talented quarterback. Um, also, by the way, Terry McLaurin is the best wide receiver he's ever had. Uh, finally, here in you know twenty nine, what six years into the, in into his career or whatever. Uh, yeah, he finally gets an alpha wide receiver with Terry McLaurin, um, or at least as close to an alpha as he's ever had. So, uh, no disrespect to Michael Pittman or, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, at the end of his career, but yeah, this is, uh, this might be the best situation that he's been in as far as that goes. So, uh, I, I think I would put it at, uh, you know, 50, 50, (laughs) that there's kind of long-term potential there for Carson Wentz. Uh, and that might even be a little generous, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that there's still a chance there for him to, um, to finally settle in, in Washington. Um, Corey says, I wish Wentz well, um, will do okay in Washington. Oh, I, I, I think they will, that Wentz will do well. Uh, they have great coaches. They do. That's a, that's a big thing. And I, I mean, I, I kind of wonder about the fact that, you know, now they've got, he's got more of a defensive minded coach. It's going to be less of, uh, you know, there's going to be less terminology. Um, there's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a little bit more, uh, easy to understand and execute playbook could be something to that as well. So yeah, I think Corey might be onto something there. Um, 
Kyle Senra, did I miss the Ridley talk? Uh, I sold my only Ridley share in a 12-team start 13 PPR league. I received Gabriel Davis and Russell Gage. Um, you didn't miss the Ridley talk. Man, there was so much going on that we didn't even didn't even mention that fact until now. Uh, Calvin Ridley obviously suspended for a season um, at the minimum. I mean, it could be more. Uh, there's uh, not a whole lot of precedent in the NFL for, you know, betting on NFL games. So, um, yeah, it's hard to say what, you know, where they're going to go with that. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 I always hate to speculate on, you know, how the NFL is going to legislate certain things. Um, it all, it, it starts to feel like I'm getting dangerously close to taking a position. And, uh, I, I, you know, when you start to speculate, so I don't want to do that. I just want to point out that it is within the range of possibilities here that, uh, Calvin Ridley is suspended for more than just a full season. Um, they could come down kind of hard on him for that. So, but I don't know, Gabriel Davis and Russell Gage. Um, I, yeah, I'm curious what the chat thinks about that one. I think that, uh, for me personally, uh, I think that's honestly still a little bit light, but, uh, I get it. Um, and, and you know what, like, you know, Kyle, like if you're, I mean, it's a start 13 league. That's, uh, that's one piece of this. Also, if I remember right, Kyle is a Bills fan. Um, there's two things that make Gabriel Davis a little bit more valuable than, uh, um, then he would be just kind of under normal circumstances. And then if you're a, if you're a contender on top of all that, and you're not so much worried about like long-term upside, you're just looking for who's going to help me go win in 2022. You know, I think that that's a decent return. Um, yeah, yeah, that's not, that's not horrible. I, I still think it's a little bit, like for me, I would still rather just kind of wait and see what happens uh, with Calvin Ridley, like at that price point. Um, but it's it's really just kind of if if I'm being honest, guys, like I'm just kind of out on Gabriel Davis. You know, I just think that there's way too much recency bias driving this right now. Four touchdowns in that, you know, against the Chiefs the last time we saw him. I I just think that that's propelling his value way too much. I also think, you know, they've they've kind of cleared the deck here. They, Emmanuel Sanders is a free agent. They've given Cole Beasley the opportunity to look for a trade. Uh, I, you know, what are the odds that you go into the season with Gabriel Davis as your second wide receiver when you've got a rookie class coming in that's just loaded with wide receivers from top to bottom? There's at least some competition coming for Gabe Davis. Uh, just my opinion. Um, and again, you know, it, I, I, I think I remember Kyle being a, uh, a Bills fan. Um, I remember him talking up Duke Williams quite a bit several years ago. Uh, maybe Gabriel Davis is kind of, uh, Duke, Duke Williams plus, but, uh, uh, so I don't want to yuck anybody's yum when it comes to their own team. But, um, 
I, I just have concerns when it comes to Gabriel Davis to a point where personally, where I personally is somebody who doesn't have a dog in the fight uh, would rather just kind of wait and see if I get to unlock that Calvin Ridley upside at any point. Russell Gage does nothing for me, by the way. <laughs> Russell Gage should not be an NFL starter. Um, and uh, it, yeah, like at some point they're going to get that thing the Falcons are going to start to rebuild that thing. And guys like Russell Gage are just going to be, they're going to, he's going to be a new England Patriot within the next two years, which is, you know, as, as much as uh, quarterbacks just finish out their career in Washington, uh, wide receivers finish out their career in new England. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of where Russell Gage belongs. Um, Corey Dean says, I think, uh, Drew Locke will compete with Jacob Eason. Uh, they have very similar profiles in my opinion, hoping for the local kid in Eason to grow. That'd be awesome. I love Jacob Eason coming out. Um, I, I mean, I think that Drew Locke probably has, probably has the edge just based on the fact that he's got NFL starting experience, but man, it, it like, it doesn't take a lot to beat Drew Locke in a quarterback competition. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up getting way too mean and way too personal here. But like the reality is, Teddy Bridgewater was brought in to Denver to create the illusion of a quarterback competition. It was meant to be like here's a guy with NFL starting experience at quarterback. Here's a guy who, you know, he 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 learns new offenses quick. Um, he's a he's a reputable name to bring in to be a tomato can for Drew Locke in this quarterback competition. And the problem is we never got there because Drew Locke just could not compete with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater was outperforming him in practice, outperforming him in training camp to a point where Drew Locke was just trying to, to replicate what Teddy Bridgewater was doing. He was watching Teddy Bridgewater in his reps with the first team and then he was going out onto the field with the second team trying to do exactly what Teddy Bridgewater just did. He was like taking mental notes and he was like, all right, now I'm going to go try and do that. And he couldn't like, that's the crazy thing. Like it was to a point where Teddy Bridgewater couldn't even do what drew, what or drew lot couldn't even do what Teddy Bridgewater was doing. Like he couldn't even, he couldn't even replicate that much less win on his own merits. It was, it's, it's bad, man. Like it, Drew Locke doesn't belong in a quarterback competition. I, I hope that, that you guys find somebody else entirely. I kind of think you will. I think there, that there are better options out there. I hope it doesn't just come down to, uh, I hope it doesn't just, I wouldn't, I hope it doesn't just come down to, uh, Drew Locke and, and Jacob Eason. Um, Michael Heredia, would you trade uh, Dak Prescott and Elijah Mitchell for uh, rookie pick 101? My running back two would be Melvin Gordon and uh, Ronald Jones. No, no, I wouldn't. Um, to me, honestly, like if you were going to give up Dak Prescott, I think you definitely ask for 101. Um, so first of all, take Eli Elijah Mitchell out of that deal entirely. And uh uh, it, this is a super flex league, by the way. If we're talking quarterback one, it's kind of a different conversation. 
If we're talking one quarterback, I would do it. I'm assuming we're talking super flex. Um, and I would say that in order to give up Dak Prescott, you take Elijah Mitchell out of that deal completely and you say one one and probably two more first round picks um, in order to get Dak Prescott. I think he's worth probably three first round picks in super flex. Um, but yeah, I would do that in a one quarterback league if that's what we're talking. Um, Adam Baker, social distortion is one of my favorite bands. Great band to see live. Hell yes. Got another social D fan. They're just like, they've got such a cult following. I, I signed up for that. So that, by the way, that's over my, my left shoulder right there. There we go. That's a, that's a Scott fishbowl t-shirt from uh from scott fishbowl 11 and uh i had signed up to be in the social distortion division i kind of think i was the only one (laughs) there wasn't nearly enough interest to actually create that division so we didn't end up with one i took johnny cash instead because he's a mike ness lead singer social distortion he's a he's a he was an influence of uh of mike ness um, plus they do that, that punk rock cover of ring of fire by Johnny cash. So, and, and I did, I grew up with Johnny cash. Um, he's Ozzy. He was, he was the original punk rocker, by the way, he's an old school punk man in black. Um, but kind of as a consolation prize, Russ Fisher, dynasty outhouse, who's in charge of, uh, he, he designed all those t-shirts. He made a social distortion one. So I ended up with one that was pretty cool. Um, but yes, social distortion is the greatest band ever. Great live show. Yeah. I agree with Adam there. If, uh, if you ever get an opportunity, check them out live. You got to be into punk rock, uh, at least a little bit. It's not like hardcore screaming punk rock or anything like that. It's not like angry, super political punk rock. Um, there's kind of a, a rockabilly type of uh, twist to it, but it's it's good stuff, man. Highly, highly recommend. Um, Caleb Rouse says, "Thanks for answering my question." Of course, man. That's what we're that's what we're doing here. We're going to answer every single question that comes through. Doesn't matter how long it takes. We're going to do it. Um, although I I might regret saying that. I remember. Uh, I think it was the first time I did this. In fact. Uh, I had a couple guys just asking question after question, just taking turns asking questions. And I swear it to you that they were doing it on purpose just to see if like, if they could get me to pass out just sitting here talking nonstop fantasy football until I just dropped dead. I think that that's what they were trying to accomplish. It didn't work. Um, So, so, you know, it would be a waste of time for you guys to try that too. But uh, I, yeah, like there, I, I I do have that fear. It is in the back of my mind that at some point I'm going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here and answering every question I get. And somebody's going to be like, Oh, is that right? And just fire like 50 questions at me. I'm just sitting here talking for, you know, 24 straight hours. Like what I'm saying just doesn't even make sense anymore. Someday that's coming, I think. But in, in, in the meantime, I think that we've got people here who are not interested in seeing me just completely 
lose my mind uh, talking fantasy football for, you know, an ungodly amount of time. And uh, so I'm happy to answer questions for you guys. Everything that you've got, we'll answer them. Uh, so anyways, so as in that vein, CC asks, do you like Mike Williams, who is older, but has Herbert for quarterback? Or Elijah Moore, who is young, but not so great quarterback? Uh, Williams, short-term play, or more for long-term play? Um, first of all, I think that Elijah Moore has a has a good quarterback situation. It's not Justin Herbert. I'll grant you that. But yeah, I've been talking up Zach Wilson on this show quite a bit. Um, I I really like Zach Wilson. I like Elijah Moore. I like where that whole offense is going. That said, the financial commitment that they just made to Mike Williams. Plus, like you said, being linked to Justin Herbert. Um, yeah, I. Nah, you know what? You know what? No, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm I'm sticking with Elijah Moore. Uh, I think Mike Williams is fine. My problem with Mike Williams has always been that it's really hard to tell when you can start him and when you can't. And like I've been saying, for me, the roster build that you want is fairly minimal at wide receiver. But in in order to be able to do that, you have to have guys that you can trust. You have to have rubber stamp starter type of guys. And I think Elijah Moore can be that. I think that he gives you a floor that Mike Williams doesn't give you. I do think that Mike Williams probably has a higher ceiling because the quarterback situation is better. Um, but... I, I think that Elijah Moore gives you a weekly floor that Mike Williams doesn't give you. So, yeah, I, I would take Elijah Moore. I, I really would because I think that he uh, he brings an efficiency to your roster that you don't have with Mike Williams. With Mike Williams, you kind of have to try and pick your spots when to start him. Where Elijah Moore, I think you're going to be able to just put him in your wide receiver two, wide receiver three spot every single week and just set it and forget it. And there's a ton of value to that. Um, Caleb Rouse uh, asked, what do you think it would take to move from 104 to 101 um, players and picks? I have at running back uh, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Javante Williams, Christian McCaffrey, um, maybe one of them plus 104. I was thinking Akers or just Sid. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, Man, yeah, Acres would probably do it. So uh, I think that we had a similar question earlier. It might not, it might have even been the exact same. I think we were talking about moving from 103, 104 to either to like 102, 101. And, uh, um, you know, kind of talked about the fact that there's pretty significant value in having one of those top two picks particularly 101. So if, you know, you're in a super flex league, I assume we're talking super flex still. Um, you're in a super flex league and you need a quarterback. You know, if you're a 104, you're probably getting a quarterback, but you know, it's hard to say it's it, especially right now. It's hard to say what the quality of that player is going to look like um, by the time your rookie draft comes. Whereas at 101, I mean, you're locked in with Malik Willis. You don't have to try and sort through who are the guys available at 104 
And, you know, what are, what are the probabilities that they hit? What are the probabilities that they miss? You know, you don't have to, you don't have to go through all that crap. You don't have to, if you need a running back and you're at 104, you know, you're, you're sitting there trying to move back. You're trying to weigh, you know, reaching for Kenneth Walker, or Isaiah Spiller, who ends up, whoever ends up being like the running back two or running back three, even in the class, you know, you're kind of, there's, there's just a lot of guesswork that goes into making that pick into, you know, figuring out, um, into, into, you know, finding the player that does the most for your roster. Whereas if you're at one one you just take Brees Hall. If you need running backs and you're good at quarterback, you just take Brees Hall and, you know, you don't even think about it. You just wake up in the morning, set your pre-draft, and then go about your day, knowing that you just got a running back one, you know, at least a low-end running back one in a good offense, I, I assume. <laughs> I, I, it depends on landing spots still. But, you know, I, I that part doesn't even matter so much. The landing spot doesn't matter a ton when it comes to Brees Hall because – it's going to be draft capital that leads to a feature back type of role. Man, there's so much value in just being able to just get that guy. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to try and sort through this huge bucket of players. You just take the best, the best running back in the class, you know? So, and it's the same thing at quarterback. So there's, there's kind of significant value. So, you know, where, where you probably wouldn't get a huge return if you moved back three spots from 104 to 107, you know, it's, it's a, it's a much bigger gap to go forward from 104 to 101 because there's so much value in having that pick and knowing the, the type of player that you're getting and the likelihood that they're going to hit for you. So, yeah, I think it takes a lot. I think Cam Akers probably is a guy that, um, you know, you would probably have to package with uh, 104 to move up to 101. Um, Trying to decide if I would want to do that, probably. Uh, And, I mean, again, if you need a quarterback, if you need quarterback help and you're trying to move up for Malik Willis, absolutely. Uh, you know, kind of whatever it costs to do that, I would go ahead and do it. Um, I think Acres is is plus one hundred four is is fine. If you're moving up there for Brees Hall, it's a little bit tougher um, because you know Acres is kind of the bird in hand. Um, Brees Hall probably still has a little bit more upside, but um, yeah, I don't I I don't think that we worry about that too much going from one, you know, low end running back one to another. So, um, a little bit tough for move. It kind of depends on, uh, on what your goals are there. But, uh, another thing that I would recommend though, and this is going to be an unpopular one, but Christian McCaffrey might get you one one just by himself. And to me now is the time to sell Christian McCaffrey. That's the part that's on. It's very unpopular. I've had a lot of battles on Twitter over this. Um, And it's kind of, you know, we talked about Alvin Kamara at the top of the show. Uh, 
you know, the, the fifth year he's, he's kind of at that usage cliff. He's kind of at the age cliff, you know, however you want to define the cliff he's there. Um, and then, you know, Alvin Kamara also has the potential for some legal stuff, but Christian McCaffrey, not only is he at that same cliff, he also has some, a, a pretty significant injury history here lately. There's some definite, you know, going, going back to looking for trends, looking for patterns. There's a definite trend with Christian McCaffrey. He's having a hard time finishing out in an, an entire NFL game without getting injured right now to a point where he's getting injured more than, uh, more than every other game, slightly more than he's, he's, it's something like five of the last eight games for him has resulted in a major injury that resulted in ma- in a significant amount of missed time. You know, I, I could get this wrong. He could be healthy for an entire season. And when he's healthy, we know. When he plays an entire season, we know. There aren't very many players in the entire world who can score points the way he can. So, you know, there's a possibility that I get this wrong. But the probability says he's not going to give you another healthy season. And if he's not going to be able to give you another healthy season, he's not going to give you an RB1 season. I don't care about points per game. <laughs> if he's only going to play five games, if he's only going to play three games, whatever it is in the season, I don't care if he puts up 30 points per game in those three games. You know, <laughs> Give me the guy who is going to score 15 points every single week for the entire season. So... Uh, I, I, I don't mean to get into that debate again, <laughs> the whole thing that came up last week, uh, courtesy of Dave Kluge from football guys, but, uh, I don't mean to get into that again, but you know, just kind of the point being, uh, there's a, there's a lot more risk with Christian McCaffrey than I think he's probably worth, especially when you start looking long-term. So to me, Christian McCaffrey, if you can get one one you might even get 101 plus something, but I would gladly give up Christian McCaffrey for 101 if I need a quarterback and I'm locked in on Malik Willis. And honestly, I would I would give up Christian McCaffrey for 101 in a little bit of sweetener if I'm looking for Brees Hall. I don't think that there's a massive difference in value, at least in my mind, between Christian McCaffrey and Brees Hall. And especially by the time Brees Hall is on an NFL roster, I think that's going to be even more true. Uh, Justin Hebner says uh, value for Hurts in a Superflex. I have Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins, and Davis Mills. Quarterback extreme. That's what that roster is, by the way. Uh, I'm trying to move all uh, move off of Hurts, and I really need wide receivers. Um, wide receivers are generally the easiest to acquire. Uh, it's a little tougher this offseason than than in years past because uh, the running backs just kind of they they all just kind of lost value across the board for the most part, other than Jonathan Taylor. That entire position took a pretty big value hit, and it just kind of pushed the wide receivers up. But uh, so Jalen Hurts has, I believe, a second round, maybe early third round ADP. And, um, so, I mean, just if we're just looking at, yeah, so second round, 
late second round ADP. He's quarterback 12 uh, going off the board on average at pick 22. So uh, 10th pick of the second round. Um, if, if we just wanted to go one for one, he's going right in between CD lamb and Tyree kill in ADP. Um, so I think that you should be able to get, you, you should absolutely be able to get one of those guys to a point where I would expect it. Uh, I wouldn't take anything less, uh, than, than guy. And, and I mean, you can go off of your own personal rankings. You know, if you feel like, like DK Metcalf and Devonte Adams are going almost around later. Debo Samuel going almost around later. If you personally rank those guys higher, uh, you know, and like Cooper Cup is going as wide receiver four, CD Lamb's wide receiver six. Like you can adjust that to to fit your own rankings a little bit. But it, you know, to if you think that Debo Samuel, for instance, I love Debo Samuel. Him going a wide receiver 10, pick 30 overall, is nuts to me. The fact that he's going after uh, after Cooper Cup, <laughs> if I'm being honest, um, you know, going after Tyreek Hill even, like that, that feels low to me for Debo Samuel. So I would kind of move, I personally would move Debo Samuel up there uh, into that same range and say this is the guy – these are the guys that I expect to get back. I won't take anything less. And it's guys in that, you know, top six, top seven wide receiver range. Like if you write out your rankings, write out the top seven guys, you know, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and just write out those seven names and say, I expect to get one of those guys back. I would start at the top of that. Personally, but yeah, I, th- I think that uh, I would say I would expect to get one of those those seven guys in return. You can stretch that a little bit since uh sounds like you're pretty motivated to sell. Like I think that uh, it sounds like you're not real sold on Jalen Hurts, uh, which is, makes total sense. Um, that's totally fine. But, uh, you know, so so you can say. You know, it's there's a little bit more value to me in, you know, even if I have to give a little bit of a discount, even if I have to get Deontay Johnson instead. I try not to do that. I don't like to do that. Even if you don't want a guy on your roster, just because you don't believe in them or whatever, or they're a bad person, there's going to be a lot of people trying to sell Deshaun Watson just because they don't want to have to root for him. And that's totally fine. I still try and caution against doing too much of that, doing too, you know, giving too much of a discount, just because the next time you want to sell a quarterback, you really kind of have to expect the same return. You know, you kind of set the market when you do that. So if you give up Jalen Hurts for a wide receiver 12 uh, in your own personal rankings, you know, if it's De- Deontay Johnson or Chris Godwin or whoever, you know, the next time you you give away a quarterback, you really kind of have to say the same basic theme. Where and and it's it's a lot harder to ask for more than to ask for less the next time. It's a lot harder to raise your price than to lower your price. So, 
so I, I would still try and go off of consensus value. I could get into the Superflex theorem, but in this case, I don't think I really necessarily need to. I would just say, you know, like I said, write out your write out your rankings, and I would go top seven, the top seven wide receivers. Start at the top. Let's say it's Jamar Chase. Try and get Jamar Chase straight up for Jalen Hurts. It's probably not going to happen. But, you know, at least you're kind of starting to set a price point and you're really kind of demonstrating that you're not giving this guy away at a discount. You're you're trying to you're going for full value, even though you've got quarterback depth. They need quarterbacks. You're fine with the quarterbacks on your roster. They need those quarterbacks. And so they need to expect to pay for them every single time starting now. And just kind of work your way down. You know, when Jamar Chase gets gets uh, rejected, then you try for Justin Jefferson. When that gets rejected, then you go for, you know, whoever's next. C.D. Lamb, Jalen Waddell, A.J. Brown, whoever you have next. You know, you go for that guy. Just keep going down the list until you get them. But I, I personally would would set it at your wide receiver seven and say, if I don't get one of those top seven guys, I'm not trading him. But you can stretch that a little if you need to. Um, Captain Redbeard. <laughs> you want a toe? I can get you a toe. Believe me, there are ways, dude. You don't even want to know about them. Believe me. Hell, I can get you a toe by 3 o'clock this afternoon with nail polish. Uh, AJ, you're out of your element. <laughs> <laughs> the toe is not the issue here, dude. Um, that toe really, really pulled the room together, really tied the room together. <laughs> um, yeah, good to have the captain here. Uh, uh, Wentz has to look out for his leg out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gingers Unite, what happened to that, man? Uh, yeah. Good to have you here. You should be behind the glass. Cough, cough. But uh, good to have you here, my friend. Always, always good to, uh, always good to catch up with my man. Um, the Smithuation says uh, twelve team Superflex uh, team is uh, Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Lawrence, and then got Christian McCaffrey, uh, Rashad Penny. And Chase Edmonds. So right off the top, our running backs are a little tough. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Wow, that's why we're rough at, at running back. The wide receivers are stacked. Jefferson, Chase, A.J. Brown, and then George Kittle. Should I be trying to trade Christian McCaffrey for a first and more to start loading up with young quarterbacks and running backs? Yeah, I think so. Um, could definitely use a little bit of quarterback depth. Uh, like I said, Christian McCaffrey, it's a great time to sell him. And uh, um, yeah, it, it would be nice to get some quarterback depth, uh, if not some youth. Uh, but I think that you would probably be fine. Like if you added another quarterback, maybe two to this roster, and it kind of doesn't even matter. As long as they're NFL starters, it doesn't, you know, the quality shouldn't matter too much. Uh you know, age shouldn't matter too much. Um, you know, and then and then from there, man, just load up on running backs. 
especially if you can get, I actually, you know what, come to think of it, I would try and move Christian McCaffrey for some running back help more than anything. Um, uh, youth is kind of one way to look at it. More than that, I just want to mitigate some risk. Because again, it's the injury history, you know? Love Christian McCaffrey as a player, but man, he can't stay on the field. And I mean, he's only getting older. He's only taking more hits. It's only going to get worse. So yeah, I think, uh, I you know, that that's the big flaw with this roster right now is your running back one is you know, the, again, the probability is he misses most of the season because that's what he's done the last two seasons. Um, so yeah, we're kind of looking for somebody who's a little bit safer, a little bit more likely to play a full season. It doesn't have to be younger necessarily, but some, just somebody who's safer, like, you know, like Nick Chubb is safer. Saquon Barkley is safer. You know, I know that Saquon Barkley dealt with some injuries as well. They were all compensatory coming off of that ACL injury. I'm not worried about him. You know, I, I think that he's got a pretty easy path to playing the entire season. And if he does that, he's going to be the running back one overall. That's my belief. So, you know, I like I think that he's safer. They took a, a, a very conservative approach to his rehab. And it meant that he kind of missed some time in 2021. But they did that so that he can come back healthy in 2022, and you know, with the at least the the potential to play the full season. So, you know, it, it so it doesn't even have to be younger. Um, you can you can still load up on some younger guys, and and you know, the younger you can get at running back, uh, the the more you're going to be able to support those young wide receivers. And the nice thing is that that foundation of wide receivers is going to, it's going to be solid for a while. So you've got plenty of runway to kind of build up those other positions. Um, but yeah, to me, it's, it's like, this is a, this is a roster that could absolutely contend in 2022. If you can get uh, a safer running back one, and then just some running back depth on top of that. Um, but you could really kind of go either way. You could also tear it down and trade away Rogers and, uh, you know, try and get younger at quarterback as well without necessarily trying to contend this year. And, um, you know, just more than anything, what I would do there is just kind of accumulate draft picks, particularly 2023 draft picks. If you want to tear this thing down, get younger at quarterback, trade Rogers, get back, you know, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, something like that. And, uh, you know, try and add a little bit of quarterback depth as well. Um, some younger guys. And then rather than trying to build up the running back, man, just get some 2023 first round picks. Cause there's a hell of a running back class coming in next year. Kyle center is a Packers fan. Ah, that's, that's right. Um, but yeah, the David e, uh, Gabe Davis equals uh, Williams ca- comparison is fair. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought it was something like that. But uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, thinking Brees Hall as a court one uh, QB one league. So Michael Heredia saying a one QB league. 
16 man, 16 team league. Um, looking for Brees Hall. So yeah, so that was the one. It was uh, Dak Prescott and Elijah Mitchell for 101. Uh, was there anything else? Um, so we're essentially saying Dak Prescott and Elijah Mitchell for Brees Hall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I would still negotiate that, Michael. I think you can probably squeeze some more out of that. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, yeah, like it, like if they dig in their heels and that's the that's the best they're gonna do, um, they're not gonna add any kind of sweetener for you. Like, I mean, if you were to get like a late second round pick or something, maybe or an early third. In a 16-team league, there's still going to be some usable running backs available there. Um, you know, or, or just like some a little bit of running back depth. Uh, get You know, get a player, get a veteran player along with 101, but get a running back who has, who has a path, any kind of path. You know, Dearness Johnson is my favorite, but guys like Deontay Foreman, that's someone, someone that I've talked about a lot lately. Yeah. Um, Boston Scott, you know, somebody like that, kind of a deep sleeper type of running back on top, just to kind of build up that depth a little bit. Uh, I think that that's, that that's doable. But the bottom line is in these one quarterback leagues, even in a 16-team league, Dak Prescott is still fairly easy to replace. You know, you're probably, first of all, you're probably still going to be able to stream uh, using waivers. But, uh, you know, they're, the quarterbacks just aren't able to create enough of a scoring difference in a one quarterback league. So yeah, that's where that that's that makes sense. That one on one for Dak definitely makes sense. Elijah Mitchell makes it a little a little heavy for me, but uh, that's where I say if you get just a little bit of sweetener, whether it's a later draft pick uh, to get another another running back or uh hell even get a quarterback you know get a get a take a massive downgrade at quarterback he's still going to be usable for you and uh the combination of whoever that quarterback is baker mayfield you know the combination of Brees hall and baker mayfield should outscore the combination of dak prescott and elijah mitchell most weeks that's my belief um, Captain Red Beard, AJ Gardner, happy to see Superflex Super Friday back on the screen. Uh, much love to the Superflex dude for hanging with us. Uh, much love to you guys too. Um, for uh, for hanging with me, this is always fun. Um, uh, let's see, Corey says, uh, back out of chat and drop a like. Nice, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I'll always take the likes on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching, um, uh, Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, always appreciated. But man, like I say it every week, uh, this is just fun for me. I like doing this, so um, I, you know, I, I get that out of it. So hopefully, it's mutually beneficial. But I'm having fun either way. Uh, Adam Baker. Yeah. Cool story about the social D shirt. Uh, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I, I, I would have loved to play in the social distortion 
uh, division in Scott Fishbowl. Um, that would have been a once in a lifetime, but at least I got the shirt. Good enough. Um, Zane, chances of a Von Miller reunion in Denver? Oh, man. Um, it seems pretty good. Uh, man, like he's being cryptic about it. First, he says he wants to be back in Denver. Then he says that uh, he's going to give the Rams the first shot. Um, they've been good to him. So, I mean, uh, what I will say is I think Denver probably has more cap space for him. The question becomes, do you really, do you really want to spend that on a, an aging pass rusher? But that's kind of, that's, that's a lot of their to-do list right there. Get the pass rush going again and, you know, kind of fix right tackle. That's the thing. That's the whole thing. That's why this has been pissing me off for six years. And it took John Elway's contract expiring to actually <laughs> make this happen. That's what happens when you get a, a uh, um, an elite quarterback. That's what happens when you fix quarterback. And it's not just in the NFL. Like this is for, for super flex purposes as well. Uh, for fantasy purposes, this is, this is relevant still. And so that's why I feel okay going off on this rant just for a second. But when you fix the quarterback, all of a sudden this roster that felt like a rebuild, it felt like it was headed for a rebuild here with the Denver Broncos. You get Russell Wilson and all of a sudden it's like, man, I mean, I guess we could use an edge rusher and, you know, maybe a right tackle, a little bit of depth at linebacker. It's like all of a sudden, all of those glaring, you know, holes in your roster just got completely plugged up by the fact that all of a sudden you've got a quarterback who's capable of taking you to a championship. It's the same thing in Superflex, by the way. You look at the roster and you see all these all these issues. I need help at wide receiver. I need help at running back. You know, I need a better tight end. I need to upgrade at tight end. And you know, it feels like a rebuild. The bottom line is what you're looking at is the quarterback position and saying, this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough to compete what I have at quarterback. Because as soon as you fix it at quarterback, everything else just kind of falls into place. Or at least it's it's within your reach at that point. You know, We still need running backs. We still need wide receivers. But they don't have to be nearly as good if you've got quarterback depth. And especially if you've got that quarterback extreme roster, you've got five of them to a point where you can play matchups. You, you kind of go into it knowing, you know, I'm all right with Kareem Hunt is my running back two, even though he's, you know, running back two on his own roster, at least for the moment. I'm okay with him because whatever I get from him is, is kind of bonus because my quarterbacks, I've got, five quarterbacks to choose from. I'm going to get to two guys in the best matchups in a given week. And they're going to give me a combined 80 points, you know, 70, 80 points. They're going to more than cover the other person's quarterback, super flex, and one of their running backs. And so whatever I get from Kareem Hunt is just bonus. That's just, that just goes into my, my margin of victory, essentially. You know, so it's the same thing across the board. That's quarterback is just so important. And if you don't have quarterbacks in place, 
you know, you, it, it, if you don't have quarterback fix, if you don't address it, you're just kind of stuck in a perpetual rebuild. Everything looks like crap. The entire roster looks like crap. And as soon as you fix it, everything looks awesome. And everything's, you know, you just kind of have this small to-do list of, of wants, not needs, essentially, you know. Von Miller's a want, not a need. But that's kind of where they're at now. They needed everything when they had Drew Locke at quarterback. <laughs> you got to you got to turn this into an all-time great defense that never gives up any points for Drew Locke to get you anywhere. But now you've got Russell Wilson instead. And eh, defense, yeah, you know, we could we could get after the quarterback a little bit more, you know, maybe have a few more healthy bodies uh in the linebacking group, the inside linebackers. But, you know, other but we're good. We're good. We'll be fine. That's what quarterback does for you. Um, Zane asks, <laughs> who are you hoping to take at the turn in Superflex Mach 1? You know, Zane, maybe I'll draft you <laughs> with 112 uh, to make these picks for me while I'm doing the Superflex Super Friday live show. Uh, I'm just kidding. That's, that's my boy. We get to joke with each other. Uh, apparently, I'm on the clock <laughs> in a Superflex mock draft. Um, I think we're winding down anyways, so I'll get to it in a second. Uh, yeah, I got to see who's left, but I mean, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> uh, I don't think Deshaun Watson is still there, um, or else, uh, he would be a consideration. Um, we're getting close to that point where Deshaun Watson's going to make it back into first round ADP just across the board. It's coming. Uh, he just missed second round ADP last month. Um, this this month, I'm going to predict that he ends up with first round ADP. Um, yeah, Corey asked cap space after Russell Wilson. Yeah, there's still about 40 million under the cap. They've got some they've got some money to spend. I mean, they've got some of their own guys that they're going to need to resign, particularly in the secondary. Bryce Callahan, Ronald Darby. Uh, there are some guys that they're going to have to think about, but, um, they're going to have plenty of money here to spend. And like I said, I'm, you know, the, the, the holes just aren't nearly as big and as, as daunting and as glaring once you get, once you get Russell Wilson. So, <clears throat> uh, excuse me. Um, <clears throat> Zane says, thanks SFD. Great show as always. You're the man Zane. Thank you. Uh, Captain Redbeard says, sorry, I know you have a random, uh, Walter quote. You love a random Walter quote. Happy that your Broncos have a shiny new quarterback and we're here talking about it. F and a man, F and a. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big Lebowski was kind of the the tie that binds for us before we even started working together. Uh, him doing uh, AJ doing production for me on the Superflex Super Show and on Superflex Super Friday. Uh, before that, we were just quoting the Big Lebowski to each other. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it, I I've I'm a simple man with simple simple pleasures in life. Social distortion, uh, the Big Lebowski. And uh, talking super flex dynasty <laughs> with anyone and everyone, anyone who wants to talk about it, we'll we'll talk. Um, 
That's all I need in life. And a freaking quarterback, a reason to watch the Broncos when they're on offense and not go take a piss. That's all I ask. They finally gave that to me. Um, Zane says, any changes to quarterbacks you consider matchup proof? Uh, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, join Mahomes. Uh, I think Josh Allen is, is probably there. I don't think Justin Herbert demonstrated that he's matchup proof. Uh, I seem to remember him being shut down several times. Um, I mean, Joe Burrow went on a little bit of a heater at the end of the season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen is the only guy I'd be considering matchup proof. Actually, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is awfully close. <laughs> I know that. I know that. I I could literally hear you guys rolling your eyes at that. Here I am talking about Aaron Rodgers again. It always comes everything always comes back to Aaron Rodgers. He was pretty matchup proof, and he has been for the last couple years. Uh I still think Pat Mahomes is is probably the only one I would consider Josh Allen. And like I said, Aaron Rodgers is is awfully close. Uh, the problem with Aaron Rodgers being, I mean, any season could be his last at this point. So <laughs> we really have to start planning for that. It's less about, you know, when am I taking him out of my lineup and more about when is he gone for good, uh, from my roster. So, so while you're planning for that, you know, you're going and getting a young quarterback that you could, uh, kind of stash until he retires. In the meantime, you just consider that guy as your starter. Uh, if you know when Aaron Rodgers is going against, uh, I guess the Rams, Washington kind of has a good defense. Although they let Landon Collins go, eh, that hurts a little. Yeah, I don't even know who are the defenses that you're scared of anymore. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think that you're fine with Aaron Rodgers as an every week starter. I would still like to have the ability to stream, though. I'd like the ability to take him out when he does run into a bad matchup. Um, or for some reason, the 49ers always give him problems. So at the very least, to be able to bench him against the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I think that's it, though, man. I think I think it's Mahomes and kind of Josh Allen. Everybody else is benchable in in any given week. If they're running into a bad matchup, you want the ability to get them on the bench. Kyler Murray uh, really kind of demonstrated that for us this year. Uh, I I want to say he had he had five games of the games he played. He had five games, so five out of the twelve that he played in uh he had i know it, it must have been more than that uh 14 14 games that he played yeah 14 games sorry anyways five of those 14 games he had less than two touchdowns and i'm not talking about passing i'm not talking about rushing i'm talking about total one touchdown or less in five games. That, that's a complete lack of a floor. 
And that's one of the elite quarterbacks in this league. One of the elite quarterbacks in Superflex Dynasty that we're talking about. And he did it five. He did that happened to him five times, man. That's bad. So yeah, like if you can't rubber stamp Kyler Murray, which you can't, you shouldn't. But if you can't rubber stamp him, who can you rubber stamp? Yeah, I, I you know, I just I, I just don't want to do it. I don't ever want to be in a situation where I'm just stuck with this guy. I see a bad game coming for him. Whoever it is, I don't want to be stuck in a situation where I'm like, oh man, he's like he's in for a tough game here. But I have no way of getting him out of my lineup. I have no other options but to just let this happen to me. This is gonna suck, but I have to just let it happen. <laughs> I don't I don't ever want to be in that situation. Hashtag QBX. Looks like that's it. Uh Zane's still rolling his eyes about Aaron Rodgers uh and or um my ideas for my draft picks. Uh um, but uh yeah. Looks like we knocked out all these questions yet again. High fives all around. Thank you all for joining. Always fun on these Superflex Super Friday nights to get to talk with you, uh, talk strategy, talk Superflex player values, talk trades all month. Like I said, I have a feeling we're going to be back here next week. Um, there's going to be a lot more movement in uh, in the NFL with free agency coming up next week. I have a feeling that we're going to be back here to talk um and uh yeah we'll uh we'll talk more trades like i said dlf's dynasty trades month for the entire month of march so um let's let everything kind of funnel back to those uh those 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 trade offers and those trade strategies so yeah do it again next week at least plan on it and uh thank you all for joining we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up there for the week after answering almost two and a half hours worth of questions. <laughs> Always fun to do that. Always fun to go live and uh, talk through some of those super flex strategies, player values, etc. Make sure to join us on Friday nights for Super Flex Super Friday. But for now, we'll wrap this one up for the week. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts. Mega feed. Do me a huge favor and rate and review the super show. Help me to get out to more people and touch on more topics that are useful to you, my super friends. You can get at me on Twitter at SuperFlexDude or at SuperFlexShow. This episode was dedicated in loving memory to James the Brain Catullus. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah.